Hello everyone and welcome in to another edition of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour presented to you by the 19th hole. The team is coming off of a trip to Florida last week. They picked up a win in the Wednesday game and now they get to look forward to a 3-3 three three weekend starting off on a rare Thursday night game. That's a 7-10 faceoff. That's the lone home game of the week as the Nailers will get a chance to see the Jacksonville Icemen for the first time this season and then they will play on Friday and Saturday, both on the road, Friday against the Indy Fuel, and Saturday against the Fort Wayne Comets. We have a fun show today. I have a couple of first-year nailers. One is a first-year pro, one is a second-year pro joining me today to have a chat and get to learn about them, both on the ice and away from the ice. We have forward Jacob Pritchard and forward Nick Rivera. And guys, I really appreciate you spending some time with me. I know it's a beautiful day in downtown Wheeling, so we'll try and get you in and out of here as quickly as possible so you can enjoy the nice weather, which I'm sure you did plenty of last week, too. Oh, yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having us. So how was the Florida trip? I know that there are different rules that you can only mm -hmm. do certain things, but it must have been nice to just get in that warm weather and give you the feel that spring and summer right around the corner. Um, yeah, absolutely. The The weather was awesome every day we were there, I think. But uh, no, just in the rink, it was a little humid. Your gloves are kind of sticking to your tape a little bit, and it's a little different. But uh, no, it was awesome weather. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can't complain. It felt a little bit more like home for me. Uh, got a lot of sunshine and you know, walked away with a decent tan from it, so I'm pretty happy. <laughs> it's interesting, Jacob, that you mentioned what you do about kind of the feel in the arena because I don't think that people realize that all that much where everybody um, automatically, if it's warm weather, talks about, oh, is that going to have an effect on the ice? But really it's when you have humidity in the air that can play sort of a factor in it. Do you guys notice that much at all when you're going into a warm weather climate where the ice could feel different or the gear can feel different? Uh, you notice it once the game starts. I know, like, my visor kept fogging up throughout just about every every third shift or so Friday. So I I had to keep clearing that off, so that was a bit of a nuisance. But other than that, I think it, you just sweat a lot more, and it's just a lot lot more hot. Yeah, I feel, it feels a lot hotter, especially with, uh, you know, they have pretty much full capacity at their building with all the fans in there, and you got to add on the, you know, the nice weather. So, I mean, it did feel a little bit more hot and humid in there. But, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's hockey, so you just – you try to stay focused as much as you can on your game. We were joking around off the air, and you guys quickly put the two and two together, so <laughs> great job on this. Sometimes I have an idea who tends to be friends on the team, so I'll sometimes try and pair you guys together that way. But, yes, there was a method to my madness, and you guys quickly put it together, which is? Frozen Four, baby. That's right. You both have schools that are playing in the Frozen Four, which is really neat. That's going on in Pittsburgh next week on Thursday and Saturday. So we'll start with that for the hockey conversation. And Jacob, for you, you had a chance to play in a Frozen Four the last time it occurred. Your UMass Minutemen were in the championship against the team that they're going to collide with next week. That's Minnesota Duluth. So first off, what was it like to play in a Frozen Four? Um, it's a really cool experience. Um, you know, obviously I wish we had won, but um, no, we um, we got to the final. We lost. Um, they were the better team that night, and I'm really hoping that UMass can take it to them this time. What's the whole experience like going through just getting there and all the media coverage on a normal year and just kind of the, whoa, this is actually happening moment? Yeah, I mean, 
I think uh, something that'll be a huge advantage for UMass is that they've gone through it, you know, just two years ago. So they they know what to expect. There's a lot of media. It's, it seems like anywhere you look, like there's interviews or somebody wants to talk to half your team just about the year and what they expect from the game ahead. And um, it's it's a bit overwhelming um, for some guys, I think. But um, you know, again, they they have that experience. So hopefully, hopefully they can bring it home this time. You guys usually go early on in the week so that you can get used to the city because you guys were in Buffalo. And then you also – did you have the off day between the the uh, semis and the finals? Uh, yeah, so Thursday, Saturday, this like this year too, yep. What was that like to have the off day? I mean, I'm assuming that you guys probably wanted to get away from it, but also you have to prepare because you're facing a team you've never seen. Yeah, it was weird. It was um, – so we went to overtime on Thursday night. So I don't think we – I don't think anybody got to bed till like 2, 3 a.m., and we had to be up at like 9, 10 for media. So we didn't sleep very well, which, you know, I, looking back on it, I think you'd want a, a night's rest, you know, two days before the national championship game. And then Kale McCarr was on my UMass team, and he won the Hobie Baker that night. So we were obviously pretty jacked up for him, um, you know, winning the best player in college hockey award. So um, a lot happens in three days. We had an overtime game. Kale McCarr, Hobie, and then championship game. So there's a lot packed into a little bit of time. That's incredible. All right, Nick, for the Minnesota State Mankato Mavericks, this is uncharted waters, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, you know, our goal when I was there, uh, my class's goal was always to try to get that first win in the NCAA tournament. Um, we had two opportunities, and we didn't. Uh, we weren't too successful with that. But uh, it was pretty upsetting with how it ended. And you know, you just gotta you gotta be really happy for all the guys back there at school, especially the coaching staff working so hard to get to that point. And um, you know, I still talk to all my friends from there. They're some of my best friends, and you know, I'm just so happy for them. And you know, they're gonna take advantage of it, I think. And hopefully, they come out with a couple wins. Was this year kind of on the radar? Like, did you guys have a feeling that going in that they were probably going to be good? Maybe it was even last year. Obviously, the year got cut short. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I saw something, I want to say, on social media saying that they had probably the most 100-game players on the roster in the NCAA tournament, which is uh, pretty impressive. It's an old group. Um, a lot of uh, that group has faced a lot of adversity, especially with seeing the tournament twice and uh, – you know, not getting the better end of it, and I think they did a great job. You know, they went uh, went up against Quinnipiac, uh, went down down early in that game, and found a way to get in overtime. And then, you know, I think uh, anytime you play the Gophers uh, as a Minnesota State fan, you know, it's always bad blood. So you're always excited, and uh, they played like men, and it was a, a great game. So I'm sure they're excited. Is that the big rivalry for Mankato? Is it Minnesota? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's out of conference play technically, but uh, you know. You want to, you want to be the best in the state of hockey. There's five great teams there, and they all made the tournament, so they were trying to make a, a name for themselves. So, and it's looking good. Yeah, what about that? The fact that it's so Minnesota heavy this year. That's got to be great for the state, but also it's got to make it an extremely competitive environment, right? Yeah, it's uh, uh, for sure ex uh, extremely competitive. I mean, like I said, the the battle for the state of Minnesota title kind of is always uh, a big thing. Um, I know they're facing St. Cloud and. Last time, last time I think they faced St. Cloud was when uh, our Christmas tournament last year, and you know we actually dropped that one seven to two, and that was a pretty bad game. Uh, that was a turning point in our year where we started, you know, trying to dial it in. So, and I know uh, Hastings, the head coach there, he uh, actually that's where he spent his college years. So, it'll be exciting for them. So you've got 
a couple of teams that are familiar with playing each other in the tournament and a couple of teams who are looking to make noise. So that should certainly make for a fun experience next Thursday as they'll both play each other and then go on to the championship on Saturday. Let's talk about your guys' season so far. And we mentioned the fun atmosphere last week and getting a chance to enjoy the warm weather of Florida. You had a chance to get things started with a very good victory on Wednesday night. How nice was that to be able to lead into the off day on Thursday? Yeah, it was pretty nice. I mean, uh, anytime you can get a win, especially on the road, it's uh, a good testament to the team. Um, we were a little, we were able to enjoy uh, our time there a little bit more on the, the off day Thursday. You know, kind of see see some places and you know get kind of out of the normal uh, the normalcy that is today with uh, everything being locked down and you know for the most part everything's more open there. Um, so it was pretty nice. I mean, it was a good weekend overall. I thought our team took good steps in the right direction. Jacob, yeah, I think. Um so we won one Wednesday, and then Friday, close game, and then uh, Saturday. Same thing, you know, yeah. yeah. same thing. So, I mean, really, we played seven out of nine competitive periods. We just have to find a way to, you know, close it out. Yeah, does that make you guys feel like you're able to make some pretty big statements where – you had Wichita the week before, who has the most points in the Western Conference. You go down to Florida, and you get a couple of wins against both of those teams, but at the end of the day, you're also very competitive, where in order for them to beat you, they're going to have to work their tails off. So really shows that you guys can indeed compete with the big dogs, right? Yeah, we try our best. I mean, uh, I think that we, we have a pretty resilient group. Uh, Coach Mark French has uh, said it a bunch that we – we faced a, a ton of adversity, regardless of whatever it is with, you know, with COVID year or with uh, injuries, anything like that. Just personal adversity too. So I mean, pre- pretty resilient group, and uh, you know, if we can keep finding a way to play three three full periods, I think we'll uh, start finding ways to win a lot more games. You're a rookie this year, and you still have about half your rookie season to go. Even though your college seasons typically would yeah. be ending around this time what do you think like you still got 34 to go you still have a little more than two months can you make it through yeah yeah I mean hopefully knock on wood uh my body stays healthy enough for the rest of the year but um yeah I mean it's a lot more body management you gotta you gotta know you gotta know how hard uh to to keep pushing your body and how well to treat it with uh, everything so so far it's been a, a great uh experience and hopefully I can stay healthy and you know keep doing my best what have you enjoyed the most about playing pro um I would it's just a whole different game, I think. Uh, you know, guys are bigger, faster, stronger, older guys. Uh, it just uh, it's a little bit different with uh, you know you can you can dress one extra forward or one extra D or one less forward and one less D, whatever you would like to choose is the coach's decision. But so I mean, there's a lot more ice time, uh, so you got to be a little bit more sharp. So it's pretty good. You enjoy that for your game? You feel like it's translated well? Yeah, I think. I mean, me personally, the more the more I get on the ice, the more comfortable I get, and the more comfortable you get, the more confidence you get. So it kind of just is a stepping stone to playing a, a complete game. So I think it's nice. Pritch, year number two for you. You had surgery, right? Uh, yep, hip surgery. So what's it been like to try and get yourself up to speed with the rest of these guys? Uh, it's it's difficult, I'd say. Um, just hopping in the season um you know i skated in michigan but you're not necessarily skating with the team and um you're not up to practice speed so like the first couple practices the first couple weeks was you know everything comes at you kind of quick but um settling in so uh no things are things are going well what do you notice is the biggest differences from last year to this whether that's on an individual side or whether that's on the league side of things 
Um, well, there's, a, there's a lot more games packed into a smaller schedule. So, I mean, uh, that's definitely a, a huge difference. Um, I think we have 16 games in the month of April. So that's that's something I've never done before. <laughs> it's definitely crammed. There's no doubt about that. What was it like for you last year as a rookie and going back and forth, kind of like Nick did earlier this year, going up to Binghamton in the A, you had Greenville, but you also went up to Charlotte in the American League and kind of bouncing back and forth between the levels. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you you want to play hockey and, you know, whether that's in the ECHL, AHL, um, you know, it's, you're, you're playing hockey for a living. So you just uh, have to have fun with it. It's nice. Um, Charlotte to Greenville was only about an hour and a half drive. So um, wasn't too hard travel or anything like that. So um, no, it was a good experience. In terms of going to the respective teams, Pritch, I'll start with you where you obviously were having that big year at UMass, which you'd actually transferred because you were at St. Lawrence before. Okay. And did UMass's run help to get you that deal to ultimately turn pro? Was that something that you were working on? How did that all start to develop? Yeah, certainly, um, you know, playing on a good team definitely makes you look better, play better. Um, so, so definitely, um, you know, I can't, uh, can't say enough good things about UMass or um, what that team and coaching staff has done for me. So definitely. Nick, for you, you finished up last year and everything stops. And ultimately, you first sign on with Adirondack. They go down, not playing this year. Wheeling opens up. What was the whole process like starting from the time that things halted at the end of last year to <clears> – <throat> getting to Adirondack and then having to reset all over again to get yourself to wheeling. Yeah, I mean, so uh, when our season ended, clearly there was a lot of uncertainty with uh, if there was going to even be a season, and that that uncertainty was throughout the whole summer. So um, I originally signed with Adirondack uh, for a couple reasons. I mean, they they were – the Binghamton was talking to me a little bit, and, you know, that's their affiliate, so that for sure had a big uh, wager in that, and – my brother actually also had a had a kid this summer, so it'd be and he lives in New York, so it'd been only like a three four hour drive. So, I mean, it'd have been nice for uh, family purposes too. So I was excited for that, and then unfortunately the news got uh, told that the whole North Division was dropping out, and you know there was a little bit of panic there and not knowing where to go. So uh, I was just kind of staying by my phone, just hoping hoping that I'd get a call from somebody, and you know trying to phone my agent as much as possible and uh, my past coaches at, at school. And then uh, Mark and uh, Derek actually gave me a call, and they wanted me to sign. And, you know, I thought it was just a great opportunity to at least start playing. And it was, it was a quick turnaround because I want to say it happened w- within three days, that the dropout and then me coming here. So, I mean, yeah, it was, it was just fortunate. That's a quick turner. Three oh, yeah. days is I, I wasn't sure how quick it would be and oh, how yeah. stressful it would be. Yeah, I mean it, it was it was stressful for sure, but I mean uh, you know they did a great job here, you know, making it feel as comfortable at home as possible. I mean we have a pretty young group, a lot of a lot of first year guys, so I think uh, everybody was kind of on the same page with just trying to get their feet wet and you know just trying to do it the best they can. Very good. Well, we're both excited to have you here this season as we've wrapped up segment number one of our Wheeling Nailers Power Hour presented by the 19th Hole. Don't forget to get your tickets for Thursday's game, a 7-10 face-off as the Nailers take on the Jacksonville Icemen. Get those tickets at wheelingnailers.com. We'll be back with more with Jacob Pritchard and Nick Rivera next on the Nailers Broadcast Network presented by Main Street Bank. 
Welcome back to segment number two of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour presented to you by the 19th hole. It's a busy month of April as the boys were talking about in that first segment. A lot of games coming up in a short amount of time. Nailers are home on April 1st, April Fool's Day, a 7-10 faceoff against the Jacksonville Icemen and then Four and five all at home next week, April 7th against Fort Wayne, and then April 9th, 10th, and 11th as the South Carolina Stingrays will make their first visit to Wheeling since the 2016 Eastern Conference Final. Get those tickets at wheelingnailers.com or by calling our office 304-234-GOAL. All right, we are here with Jacob Pritchard and Nick Rivera. We talked a lot of hockey in that first segment, both pro and collegiately. So, well, let's start off with Nick. I want to find this out about a California guy. And one of the worst stereotypes that I'm getting so fed up of hearing, and I bet you are too, is the non-traditional hockey market. And California's had the Ducks, the Kings, and the Sharks for well over 25 years each. So I've got to believe that one of those caught your eye early. What put a hockey stick in your hands? Um, actually, what put a hockey stick in my hands, well, clearly, I'm, I'm the youngest of uh, three siblings. I have two older brothers and one older sister. And uh, both my brothers actually played hockey. And my sister was a soccer player. So, I mean, I, I stuck more with the, the hockey part. But uh, my oldest brother... Um, he he got into it because my aunt used to babysit for uh, an old NHL player. His name was Kirk Moeller, and uh, so he just every time he was in LA, he would just get his get him tickets, and then it was kind of just a passed down for uh, since then. And you know, I was always a Kings fan growing up, and I think the year in 2012 and 2014 were pretty detrimental to you know California hockey. And and when the Ducks won in I want to say 07 or yeah 07, yep. so. I mean, California hockey, for sure, uh, has been uh, growing, I would like to say. yeah. Were you mainly ice, or did you dabble into the roller scene? Yeah, I, I played roller hockey until I was like seven or eight years old, and then I started jumping on the ice. Um, at first, I liked roller better, but then when I got older, I, I started shifting towards the ice, and you know, I think it was just seeing my brothers do it and you know, just kind of being younger and wanting to copy them, so just jumped into there. If you were to look at both, and say, what's the best part of either one? What makes roller better than ice? What makes ice better than roller? Roller's a lot more lackadaisical, you know, more finesse. Doesn't more scoring. Really, yeah, it doesn't really complement my game <laughs> as much as ice hockey because, <laughs> yeah, ice hockey's a little bit more grit, you know, a little bit more structure and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I, and I, I personally just enjoyed ice more growing up, but I like to, you know, go home and, play around outside in the front yard with my my friends and brothers some whenever we get the opportunity to we haven't in a while but yeah so you said kings was your team growing up oh yeah yeah okay very good all right michigan for pritchard does that mean that the detroit red wings were your team were you old enough to realize it when they were pulling in championships in the uh, early thousands uh no no uh, 97 98 was their first one so i was two and three but um obviously i think that had a large part of why i played hockey so were you a Rings fan growing up then? Absolutely. And were you pretty much right out of the uh, out of the crib and onto a pair of skates, or how long did it take to find the ice? Yeah, um, hockey. Hockey is the only sport I've played competitively besides golf, if that's a sport. Um, but, yeah, um, no, I played roller hockey too growing up. Um, probably started ice and roller about the same time, so just really busy with those two. You said golf's your other go-to sport then? Yeah. So you were only a two-sport guy growing up. Yeah, I don't know. I got to talk to my parents. No, uh, 
no sports with any running or just just skating, I guess. Lucky. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> a lot of people compare hockey and golf because they say it's a similar swing. Do you notice that? Is there a correlation between the two? Does one game help the other game out? Um, probably. You have to um, you have to have a lot of patience with golf, and I think that's something um, that's good for a hockey player to learn, I'll say. Gotcha. You had the ice and the roller going, Nick. Did you have any other sports that you would play growing up? Yeah, yeah. I was competitive with baseball growing up. Um, that was a big sport. Uh, my dad played. You know, my dad played growing up too, and uh, my great grandfather actually played for uh, the Cubs. Oh uh, no way! Yeah, he he played nine years in the minors, and I want to say five years in the majors. So he had a he had a good career there, and uh, my great grandfather. And um, you got a name. Yeah, Jim Davis. <laughs> okay. Pit, yeah, knuckleball pitcher, left-handed knuckleball pitcher, yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah, and uh, so, I mean, yeah, I was always super into baseball, but uh, I want to say towards my sophomore year in high school, it was kind of, you know, you, you, it gets pretty competitive, and you kind of have to pick one because both seasons kind of get dragged on through each other, and, uh, you know, I thought hockey was more most fun, and, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough with how it all ended up working out. Did you dig up any old baseball cards? Uh, of my great grandfather. Yeah, I do have one at home. It's framed. Yeah, um, it's actually pretty cool. My my dad has uh, his travel briefcase for when he went on the road trip, so he has all the art, all his articles, all this the cool old stuff. So it's pretty impressive. That is really neat. Yeah. What a cool moment. This is one of my favorite parts about doing this because you guys get a chance to dive into notes and nuggets that I, I never oh, yeah. even dreamed I would find out about learning. That's, yeah, that's absolutely awesome. fascinating. So let's take you guys as you grow up. And Okay, so Jacob, you're in Michigan, and there's a lot of great schools in Michigan. There's the Wolverines, there's the Spartans, there's Western Michigan, but ultimately first stop on the way is St. Lawrence. Why? Um, yeah, I committed, um, out of my first year, the beginning of my first year in juniors. Um, yeah, I just, um, really liked to coach, um, went on my visit, uh, really small, really small school. And that's something I was accustomed to with my high school. Um, it seemed like the great, uh, right decision at the time. So, so I went with it. And then you transferred to UMass. How challenging is that transfer process? Because I've heard guys say that that's a major headache, but obviously you had such a great finish there that it made it all worth it at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely, definitely would do it again. Um, I had to fit um, three years, er, in three years, I had to fit four years of college in to be able to make the jump as I grad transferred to UMass. So that was um, a lot of schoolwork. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, a lot of school work to do in the summer leading up to going into UMass. Um, yeah, my, my parents helped me. Um, brother helped me. Um, it was a, You had to fit a seven credits into one summer, so it was a lot of work. Did everything transfer for you? Because I've heard that story, too, where guys don't get everything to necessarily transfer. See, that's the hard part. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work to get all that lined up to make sure that the course um, at St. Lawrence accepts the online class you're taking from another university. So there's a lot of work you have to do in the beginning to kind of get all that um, in order, but you can do it. All right, what'd you study? Uh, economics degree from St. Lawrence. Okay. Yep. What took you that path? Um, it's a liberal arts university, so there's not um, a lot of areas of focus, so it's kind of more general. So um, economics seemed interesting. A lot of the hockey players um, were taking it, so uh, I had a lot of friends in the classes, so that's kind of kind of worth that one is that something you're going to use later in life or you just said thank you very much i've got my degree i'm going to try something different now 
um that's a great question uh i i don't know <laughs> okay you got plenty of time to figure it out you're only a second year guy so you've got a lot of hockey still left in front of you you mentioned you like the small school in st lawrence what about umass uh yeah so completely different huge um but I, I lived off campus. All my classes were online. Um, so really the only time I went to on campus was for practice and games and dinner. So um, I didn't get to see a lot of it in that respect, you know, class, classroom um, scene and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, completely different schools. All right, Nick, how did your process start? Because what's first of all, what's the college or the high school hockey scene in California? I'm assuming you went juniors? Yeah, so, um, well, when I was growing up, towards my high school years there wasn't really any high school hockey they're trying to make it bigger and I think they've been doing a better job I mean it's not on the Minnesota high school hockey's level yet I would say for sure but um yeah I mean growing up playing I, I never really never really envisioned going to college for hockey or playing juniors and I didn't really know what it was till my older brother went and started you know playing juniors and all that kind of stuff and I uh I actually played 16 triple a for the junior kings growing up and then uh i made the jump to my senior year to go to wenatchee uh they were in the north american league at the time so i played a year there and then two years in omaha and then once i went to omaha i started getting a little bit older and a little bit bigger and uh that's when more of the college recruiting started and uh i had a couple teams that were really interested in me and i took some visits um and uh you know, Mike Hastings did a, and Todd Nod and Darren Blue at Mankato did a really good job with, uh, you know, being patient with me because I really wanted to make sure I went to the right school. So I know in a lot of people's uh, recruiting process, they take a visit and, you know, and they, they get a 24-hour deadline. And I would say Hastings and, and their whole staff kind of kind of worked with me for about a year and a half. So it was wow. a lo- it was a long process. Um, he's got a lot of history, too, in Omaha, so that helped a lot. I mean – I got a lot of outside opinions about, you know, how he, he's been with his players and his relationships he built and his uh, personal philosophy towards, you know, the game of hockey. So it all ended up working. Uh, just trust him the most. And, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to this day that uh, I was a Maverick and always will be proud to be. How was the campus life there? Uh, it was pretty pretty amazing, actually. Um, it was a pretty, pretty uh, neutral-sized school. I would say, like, probably 18,000. So it wasn't crazy small. It wasn't crazy big. Um, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty interesting. Uh, like all students live in the dorm first year pretty much. And, uh, next year you're in a gated community of all college students. So it was pretty fun. Uh, you know, you, you get to explore outside of the athletics department and, you know, meet people and create relationships there. So yeah, I mean, it was a great, uh, great place to be. What'd you study? Uh, business management. Okay. A little broad, but, uh, yeah, I, initially I was going to go into sports management, but then I kind of figured uh, you can do a little bit more with a business degree and just wanted to keep it a little bit more broad. And uh, my uh, my dad my dad and my grandfather are both into, into uh, commercial real estate, and uh, both my brothers do real estate as well. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm considering doing that, and, you know, there, it'll be nice to have a helping hand, you know, a couple people that have been through the ringer. And uh, But if not, I, I'm not too sure. Um I'm not set in stone on what I want to do for my, uh, you know, life after hockey. But, um, I mean, I think, uh, you know, at least when you have a degree, it's a good start. I've heard quite a few hockey guys go into real estate, so yeah. that wouldn't necessarily be uncharted waters. What part of the country would you go? So you said you got a brother in New York. you got your mom and dad are still in California. Where, where are you going to fall on this one? Yeah, I mean, uh, 
I would love to go back to California, of course, but uh, and, uh, clearly it's very expensive, and uh, you know it'd be tough to afford it personally. But it just—it's just got to be the right opportunity to, in the right spot. I—I I, don't—I don't really think I narrow myself to one specific spot, and you know, like I said, just any opportunity. I mean, I made a lot of connections in Minnesota, so you never know if you know they could get you started on work or something like that. So keep my my options open. NHL is obviously growing big time. The AHL now has a footprint in California. We just saw Arizona State recently pick up NCAA D1. Do you think there's a future for D1 in California? Do you have a, a school that you think would probably be the first to take a bite out of it if it so became intriguing? I would like to see schools in California play. I mean, uh, I, know, I know UCLA has a good club hockey team, and I mean, all those all those major schools that are in California, they, they have the funds for it. I think the the troubles that they'll have is getting students to the game and all that kind of stuff. But uh, like you look at Arizona State with how, how successful they've been in three, four years of jumping to that Division One program. And, you know, it's it's not technically weather that determines if a state likes hockey. It's, you know, it's who you can attract. And there's much more to the game than that. And, I mean, me personally, I'd like to see, like, UCLA, maybe Stanford jump in, like one of those those kind of schools. So, I mean, they're great schools, too. It gives more people opportunity to get athletic scholarships and great degrees. How close are you from L.A.? Uh, I would say probably like 10 miles, 15 miles. Okay, so that's definitely the closest one to, to you. What's it like being that close to such a major city? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, you don't really, when you're from a little suburb kind of, you don't really drive through through downtown L.A. too much. It's more uh, all the all these big corporate buildings and all that kind of stuff, like revolving around the Staples Center. Um, I try to stay stay kind of local to my home just because I'm kind of a homebody. But uh, yeah, it's 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 amazing. You know, it's a beautiful area. I mean, clearly there's a lot of people there, so some people don't like all the interaction. But me personally, it's it's all right. I mean, I'm used to it. I grew up with it, and you know, that's always that always will be my home. I think Pritch, you're our, at least our second guy, maybe even third from Macomb, because we had Johnny Mack, who you played against uh, last week with Florida, John McCarron who's also from your hometown. First of all, did you know him before or no? Um, no, but I believe I played against his brother. I believe they're brothers. Yes. Michael? Yep. Yep, absolutely. Gigantic family, well-fed. How far are you from Detroit? Uh, about 45 minutes north. Gotcha. Do you venture down into the city all that much? Uh, not a lot. I'm, uh, I'm gone with you know college or um, playing pro last year, but um, uh, not this summer with obviously quarantine. So, uh, no, I haven't really been down much. But you do stay in Detroit during the off season, um, or, yeah. in that, or in that area, I right, should say. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. We're gonna dabble into that atmosphere. What you guys do in the summer times? What you're doing in the uh, season here when you're away from the rink? Which you're not gonna have a lot of that time to finish up this season, but I'm sure you'll have plenty of exciting things that we can dive into on our final segment of our Wheeling Nailers Power Hour, which is presented to you by the 19th Hole. Don't forget the Nailers are home coming up this week on Thursday night, 7:10, April Fool's Day against the Jacksonville Icemen. Get your tickets at WheelingNailers.com. More of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour coming up next on the Nailers Broadcast Network, presented by Main Street Bank. 
Final segment of our Wheeling Nailers Power Hour as the boys are back in town this week, Thursday night, 7-10 against the Jacksonville Icemen. They're also home for four games next week as the Fort Wayne Comets and South Carolina Stingrays come to town. You can get your tickets for any of those games, any remaining 2021 home game at wheelingnailers.com. We've got Nick Rivera, we've got Jacob Pritchard, and guys, I understand that you got to go into the vintage Wheeling Nailers Mobile <laughs> Something that Derek Army's teams were accustomed to as you started the year first with the Bory Lofts, which I believe you've now returned to since. But you guys got to experience cabin lifestyle. How was that? Did you like it? Because I hear all the stories of guys going to the NHL and they just always go back to the wheeling cabins. <laughs> the cabin's awesome. Um, you have a ton of space um, right next to a golf course or right on a golf course. So, um, yeah, no, it was as a golfer, it was a it was awesome. It was the best place I could be, honestly. <laughs> Did you like it, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I loved it. Uh, I per I personally like uh, being able to you know get in your car, you, you know, go to the rink, kind of get a day, a little bit, little bit more structure with a day. You know, you got to plan a little bit more. And uh, I mean, of course, there's that Tim Hortons on the way down, so <laughs> we, we made a couple stops down there. But uh, yeah, it was it was unbelievable. It was beautiful too. How much did you get the sticks out? I know you're probably going to get them ready in these next few weeks here. Whenever you have an off day, to probably swing them around. But Yeah, it was, uh, it was probably at least once a week. It's tough, you know, with a game. You can't go on a game day or anything. That, that's, that's a little crazy. But um, and then with travel. But, no, I was, it was definitely at least once a week. There you go. What about you, Nick? Are you a player? <laughs> no, not quite. Uh, From California, too. Yeah, Pritch was trying to show me a couple things, but, you know, We'll, uh, we'll see. We'll he didn't see in care a for days. it. We'll see in a couple <laughs> days. All right. So when you have some downtime in Wheeling here, what's your typical go-to? Are you uh, – obviously there's not a lot of places that you can go, but I'm assuming that there's plenty to do around the apartments. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just a lot of hanging out, some movies, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we Marbles? actually Yeah, we actually just been playing a board game that my uh, buddy my buddy uh, made. It's, uh, it's a mixture between Sorry and Trouble and – you know, we, we've been getting pretty competitive and trying to get some of the guys on the train. Um, I know a lot of the guys like to play schnarps, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, I just kind of I'm, – I'm, I'm a homebody. I don't need to do too much to be too happy. So it's just – it's easy for me. A buddy-created game between sorry and trouble. Let's yeah. dive into this a little bit. <laughs> it's, highly, it's highly competitive. It is. There's a, there's, there's a lot of friendships ruined around the team right now with marbles. Yes. <laughs> I, I could throw anything out there, and you guys would make it competitive. So Exactly. <laughs> you said That's marbles? Fair. That's what it's called, yes. So Patent the, pending. Yeah, the, yeah exactly. <laughs> the, the objective is to go uh, around the board, Okay. and then you, you have to go in a safe spot, per se, and... Uh, yeah, you, the goal is to get around the board, and there's a shortcut, and you can knock your, your opponent's marbles off. And it's, uh, you get out with a die, so it's like one and six die, so that's how you move around the board. Yeah, so. you can play 1v1 or 2v2. Um, your partner is the person across the table from you. So it's kind of like uh, kind of like Euchre in that respect. Like you can kind of team up or I, – I, I guess that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those games that you have to just play once, and then it's so easy. And there's no, there's no, there's no skill to it. It's just. Oh no, there's no skill. Well, I mean, I, I, I <laughs> as the most skilled player, I'll say there's not a lot. You of skill. You just said there was no skill. But yeah, I'm, but I'm the best. <laughs> Record shows otherwise. You want to, you want to debate that? <laughs> yeah, it's a game of chance. There's, uh, <laughs> there's, there's very little skill to it, but you can do some things to put yourself in a bad situation. So in that respect, I think experience is a big thing with the game. But after that, you're just riding a bike. Exactly, like, yeah. 
Is he as good as he says he is? Uh, we are currently 2-2 in our series. So if he's uh, that good, why are we tied? So you guys have series. <laughs> Who's your uh, – do you, do you have teammates? As of right now, we're actually teammates when we do, like, a partners. Um, you getting rid of me? I mean, no. As of right now. Well, I mean, we'll see how you do today. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, we, we've been partners. Uh, Foley and Matt Miller were, were partners yesterday. We played them. Shane's well, played. Cuz yeah. played. We, yeah, there's a, there's a couple guys that have been. Yeah, yeah. we're slowly expanding the yeah. roster. Who's the toughest competition? <laughs> well, no one really knows how to play. We're kind of yeah, we're, we're kind of playing against yeah, ourselves right now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You guys just make up the rules as you go and just beat up on everyone. Yeah, you actually it, should. That's why it's so easy. <laughs> Who would be somebody in this team that you just love to get involved with that because they're ultra competitive? Matt Foley. Okay, yeah. and I was gonna say, and they, maybe they don't lose well either. Evidence shows he does not lose well. Really? Evidence shows. <laughs> Evidence Have there shows. been boards thrown across the Not boards, room? just a couple mean not words, yet. but <laughs> it's all right. What else do you guys play that rises the competitive spirit? You said cards earlier. Do you, do you dive into anything else on that uh, front? Um, Not really. We're really on a marbles kick yeah. right now for sure. That okay. takes up a lot of time. Yeah. Um, not Nothing really else. I, I, I mean, I haven't been playing too many video games lately or anything like that, so... Yeah, I might have to dust off the old Fortnite. But, yeah, it's really just marbles right now. Marbles, yeah. marbles, and more marbles. Yeah. Okay, exactly. good deal. But you're a Fortnite guy for video games, huh? Uh, <laughs> not not huge by any means, no. Uh, I, I, I have it, but okay. I don't play it often. Yeah, same. Let's rewind it back, and let's pretend, because nobody wants to hear pandemic stuff anymore. I'm pretty sure of that. It's been a year. Let's go to a normal <laughs> off season. What are you guys doing to have fun when you're away from the rink? Um, I do a lot of golfing. Okay. Uh, that takes up a basically um, basically all like my, my summers are primarily golfing. Um, I don't do a ton, ton, ton. You're not much more than that. How good are you? Uh, I, I like to call myself like a six handicap, but I'm probably closer to an eight. That's not bad though. Yeah, I should be better for how much I play, though. Any big <laughs> highlights? Have you had a, a round where that was just unbelievable? Have you come close to a hole-in-one? I had my first under-par round. Whoa. I couldn't play this summer because I had hip surgery, but the summer before, my first under-par round. So 71, one under. Best highlight of my golf uh, career, but no uh, no hole-in-one. Okay. One of my best friends has got a hole-in-one. My brother has a hole-in-one. My dad has a hole-in-one. So I'm the only one without a hole-in-one. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm going to have to taunted change Taunted daily for it. So, yeah, <laughs> I do have to change that. Coolest spot you've played? Bucket list spot you want to play? Um. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, man. Uh, I'd like to uh, golf, like, uh, Pinehurst around North Carolina. Do, like, that kind of. Um, a bunch of cool places in western Michigan I've golfed. Um yeah, no, I've uh, I've done a few trips, yep. Where would you most want to? Um most want to. Money's uh, not an object here. Here you go. I'd, I'd like you to get play, a free uh, ticket to anywhere. Yeah, the TPC Sawgrass, the okay. uh, the famous 17th hole. I'd like to play that one just to see uh, how much my hands could shake before I hit the ball, but um no, it's just something like that. It's something the pros play that you can, you know, actually get into or you see on TV and see how well you do. I had somebody recently on that actually got a chance to do that one, and they said you can only hit it once. They like they don't want you just kicking around and seeing how many chances you can get to get it on the green. They give you one shot, and that's it, done. 
It's a permanent ranger stuck on one hole. Pretty much. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember who told me that. It was on a recent show, though. So that's your uh, off-season scenario. A lot of golf. What about for you, Nick? Uh, I mean, I like to I like to go to the beach bunch. I mean, okay. it's a, it's easy access for me. Being fortunate enough to be, you know, on the west coast like that. Uh, I like. To, I mean, there, there's a huge boardwalk there, so I like to go rollerblading down there, and you know, just go out to spots to grab lunch or anything like that. Um, Honestly, I, like I said, I'm a pretty homebody. I, I like to hang out in my backyard with my dog and you know my my family as much as possible. And uh, yeah, I mean, love beach volleyball, that kind of stuff. So easy. Beach volleyball. So that's your beach activity. If somebody said, "All right, you're actually going not on the boardwalk, but into the sand." Oh yeah. The volleyball is the go-to. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not too much of a fan of the water itself. So I mean, I, I like hanging on the outside of it. But uh, yeah, I, I I like beach volleyball a ton. Gotcha. Do you do you have some friends that you usually play with? Do you have a partner who you usually pretty pretty strong with? Yeah, we we, we got some, we got a good group of, of friends back home that like to enjoy it, and uh, I mean it's just it's just easy to do. <laughs> what uh, what do you have for a dog? Uh, he's a German Shepherd Black Lab mix. So wow. his, his name is Gino. How old? He just turned ten. Wow. Yeah. You've had him for a while. Yep. It's been it's been a long time. <laughs> so. <laughs> Hopefully he's, he keeps kicking around, and you know I'm excited to see him soon. Hopefully that's awesome. Any pets in the Pritchard household? Yeah, we just got a, uh, a red lab puppy. She's uh, well, she's probably seven months now. Oh, nice. So yeah, they kept uh, quarantine. They kept us active. There you go. Dealing with her. <laughs> that's perfect. Did you guys watch anything that you enjoyed during quarantine, or what was? Uh, I didn't know. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but uh, did you go on uh, binge watching? Did you go video game crazy? What'd you do? Yeah, there was Outer Banks. Oh, yeah, I was, was going to say Outer Banks is probably my favorite. Yeah, crushed that one in okay. like two days. Um, there were a few other ones. Um, the there's, names of them are escaping me. There's one called Dead to Me. That yeah, saw more, that one too. More, more like, a, like a chick flicky kind it, of a show. But it's it was, funny. I, it was, I thought it was unbelievable. Um, it was hilarious Bit too. Bit of a chick flick, yeah. yeah. Can you say that on radio? Yeah, absolutely you can. <laughs> no yeah, question. I guess so. That, does, that <laughs> doesn't cross the line. <laughs> exactly. Not trying to. So... Um, what else? I mean, I, I'm a huge Office fan. It's an unbelievable show. I, I watch it on repeat. But uh, I know they took that down, so. Yeah, I mean. Blacklist, that's the other one I watched. Yeah. yeah I like movies better. Big Blacklist fan. I love scary movies. Yeah, gotcha. like that, yeah. You guys watch a lot of sports in your downtime. We've got the NCAA basketball final four this week, opening day of baseball. You guys dive into that at all? Yeah, it's it's rolling on TV all day, you know. When we're, at, when we're in the apartments, there's some, you know, sports center's always rolling with something, so. Yeah, games are starting too late now. The 10 o'clock yeah. makes it uh, tough to stay up till, till 1 if you be up at 8 for practice, so. Right, exactly. MLB opening day, who you guys like? I mean, I'm a Dodger fan since okay. day one. Coming off the first World Series in a little bit? Oh, yeah, they're going to re- repeat, too. They're saying they're better than ever, again, so. Yikes. Pritch? Uh, I'm a Tigers fan when they're good, honestly. Sorry. When they're good. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. You get to pick and choose when you want to be a fan? It was cool for a while there. Like, uh, Lander was hot. Yeah, and then we traded them and he got even better. <laughs> Seems like everyone gets better when we trade them, so they signed somewhere else. Unreal. So Tigers fan when you want to be, that's good. <laughs> what about from a food standpoint? Uh, what do you guys, are you guys pretty good cooks? Uh, is there <laughs> anything that you like to make or you guys go for takeout or whoever else is good at cooking in the apartments? We got a good rotation going actually right now. Um, I mean, we, uh, we, we'll, we like to enjoy, you know, a meal out, but it's tough right now with all these restaurants being, you know, 
Yeah, the Mac uh, and Rib. Uh, recommend yeah. the Later Gator. The Later Gator, yeah, the place is a staple. Uh, always go there for lunch. Might so. be the best sandwich I ever had. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoy cooking, personally. Uh, it's easy for me, and, you know, he, he, he enjoys it, too. So we, we've kind of just been switching off. And yeah, it makes me breakfast. It's nice. I don't like doing much in the morning. But, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a morning person, so. You're I'll, a big breakfast guy. Though. I'll pay him back with making him yeah. lunch once in a while. Exactly. What's your go-to breakfast dish? I mean, it's pretty standard, just a couple eggs, bacon, potatoes. So There you go. Yeah, easy. The big skillet fan, carries yeah. it everywhere with him. Oh, what, yeah. what about for dinners? <laughs> um, we switch it up quite a bit. I we mean, had bison burgers last night. Yeah. Whoa. This turned out good, yeah. Where'd I, you get bison? Uh, Kroger. Come on. <laughs> yeah, so that was good meat. I never uh, had it before, but yeah, it's great. Yeah, I mean, some standard, like sometimes chicken fried rice. Uh, it's easier when you cook stuff in bulk just because, like, you'll have some leftover for lunch the next day or something like that. But, uh, I mean, always a fan of cooking steaks, chicken, anything really easy. Yes, yeah, sweet potato fries. We have a lot yeah. of those. Um, frozen vegetables. There you go. Easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no question there. What's something that you had at home that you miss? <laughs> My dog. Food-wise. <laughs> That's a yeah. good answer. I'm going to say that, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, my mom's cooking. <laughs> I mean, she yeah, she she cooks unbelievable lamb chops. So that's probably my favorite uh, dish of all time. There you go. What about for you, Pritch? Yeah, this is a few local staple, like, takeout places that I kind of go through a – kind of a rotation of my family does of a few places we always go to that, uh, that I miss, obviously, yeah. What, uh, any specific theme towards them, or are we all over the culinary map? They're all over the map. Yeah, it's like an Italian place, a Mexican place. Um, I miss sushi back home, that's for sure. Okay, that's, there. That's a staple. Yeah, that's a good one yeah. for him. <laughs> I, I was wondering if we, like, what kind of, where you were going on on the California Eats map. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I like everything, but I'm always up for sushi, especially if it's back home because it's always so good. But uh, So fresh, too, I oh, bet you. Yeah, right out of the water. Yeah, unbelievable. We got to see your family, oh, yeah. which that was unbelievable. I think people still talk about it to this day. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure your parents still you know, get the chance to remember it and, and have fun with it. Are we seeing the Pritchard family at some point this year? Uh, they just came down. Um, no way. Yeah, I, uh, I got to see my dog again. They actually uh, stayed at the cabins when we were there. Um, so my dog, my dog loved it with all the, the land and stuff. She could run around and play. Um, yeah, that was the last home weekend. So, yeah, yeah, they were just here. So they were home for the Wichita series. Yep. That's awesome. What did they think? I uh, liked it. Uh, they liked my setup. Uh, well, I guess I have a new setup now. So I guess they have a whole new uh, whole new apartment to see. Gotcha. That's cool. I'm glad that both of your parents got a chance to make a trip in, and I'm sure it makes the season go a lot smoother regardless of what the win-loss record is or, or what certain standards that you guys have to be able to get that, that slice of home to be part of it. Do you feel like you play better when your parents are there too? Yeah. Or is it more pressure? Well, he, he definitely does. Like, yeah. He definitely does. That's that's a that's a no-brainer. We don't even have to figure that out. Yeah, I mean, Back that, to college, yeah. too, right? Yeah. <laughs> I always enjoyed playing in front of my parents. I mean, they, they've done an amazing job with, you know, uh, everybody in my family played a college sport, and they, they always did a great job uh, paying equal, you know, equal visits to everybody. And, you know, I was lucky enough to get the tail end of it where there's not a lot of overlap. So they, they were fortunate enough to come to a lot of my games, actually, so. There you go. Pritch? Um, yeah, no, obviously, anytime I can see my parents, that's awesome. Um, I don't think I necessarily play better or worse with them in the stands, but, yeah, no, uh, definitely great to see them, though. 
Outstanding. Well, this has been a terrific episode of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour. I really appreciate you guys taking some time out of your day to let us know some of the neat things about your lives, both on the ice and off the ice. So I really appreciate that. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, no, appreciate thanks for having me. Good luck to both of your schools next oh, yeah. Thursday. You're going to be playing next Saturday, so I don't have to worry about anybody getting you guys separate <laughs> rooms to watch the games, but I hope it's a Minutemen and Mavericks final because that would be a lot of fun for both of you to get a chance to enjoy. So great job so far. Best of luck the rest of this season. You guys have been great to have, and uh, again, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Appreciate thank you. it. This has been another edition of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour presented by the 19th Hole. Today's guests were Jacob Pritchard and Nick Rivera. Get those tickets if you haven't already for Thursday night when the Nailers take on the Jacksonville Icemen at 710. You can get those at wheelingnailers.com. And we will see you then for Nailers Hockey. This is DJ Abacella on the Nailers Broadcast Network presented by Main Street Bank.